You know him because of his songs, Brighter Days and Believe. Well, this morning on MyBridge, we're going to be hearing his story and his heart as we are revisiting a conversation with this Nigerian-born singer and songwriter. Blessing Offer, welcome to the Morning Conversation. Thank you. So excited to spend some time with you this morning. First of all, one of the things that we always like to do kind of right off the bat is just to get to know you as a brother in Christ. We'd love to hear kind of briefly your testimony, how you came to know and love Jesus. I think I would say I'm one of the lucky ones. My dad, even in Nigeria, he was the first Christian in his very large extended family. So we grew up just, you know, John 316 when we were two years old, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's weird to think, I, I don't know that I have a like moment just because I I was brought up in it. But I remember having as a teenager and in college, like the question moments where I'm like, why do I believe this? Is this something my dad gave me? And like, so I dug deep into the theology and I went searching, so to speak, like me and God meet intellectually. I'm like a brain thinker kind of guy. So I found like Tim Keller and, and all these guys that were really, really good at showing you that God doesn't shy away from questions. And I love that. And it's funny because I feel like a lot of people are afraid to ask questions, but like when you ask tough questions and find that there are answers to those tough questions, it only strengthens your faith in my humble opinion. So yeah, I think I went through a phase of owning the relationship for myself and that was formative for me as much as I would say somebody who had like a moment of like, this is when I became a believer just because it's one thing to walk in your parents' footsteps. It's another thing to say, oh, no, 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 I want these for my own. This belief, this faith, this way of life, this understanding of God and who he is, like I want that to be mine. So blessing you come to know Jesus in a home that was filled with him, his presence through your dad initially. What would you say was a time maybe that as you kind of start walking your faith out yourself, that your faith was the most challenged? You know, it's funny, like, so I'm from Nigeria. Nigeria is a majority Muslim country. My uncles and cousins are Muslims or other, you know what I mean? So being around people with other beliefs was normal for me. So that, I think that might be for others, like a moment of challenge, but we always learn just like, you know, the world is wide and varied and beautiful and there's like grace throughout it. So if you see something beautiful somewhere else, it doesn't mean God is wrong. It just means like God is so good as to put elements of beauty throughout the world. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that for me, the difficulty or the moments where things were hard tended to come when I would watch people go through hard things. And it's funny because even as the questions would come, the answers would also come. Just being from where I'm from, you'd say, God, why is it blah, blah, blah? You know what I mean? And immediately, if you have walked enough with God and have, have seen enough and been through enough, you know that there are reasons. I think the hardest thing is to know that those reasons may or may not satisfy you. Yep. And those reasons may or may not feel good. And that's okay. It certainly doesn't mean God is wrong. It just means your momentary feelings aren't good. Blessing, you're talking about, you know, some of the biggest grapplings with faith for you were watching other people suffer. It was interesting to me that you didn't go towards your own kind of, you know, suffering. It's funny. I mean, for me, when I talk about, quote unquote, my story, I try to not make it sound heroic. It's easy 
to hear a story and think, oh man, that's such a cool story. And stories are really great to tell after the fact. Like in the moments when I lost my vision, there was a lot of wrestling. And so afterward, when I can say to people, yeah, I came out of that with a stronger faith. I always try really hard to not make that seem like a simple thing. You know, when I say my faith is stronger, it doesn't mean everything magically became peachy keen, but it does mean that there's a foundation under me that nothing can take away. And like, it's just my greatest hope to never have it sound flippant or immodest. So I'm always really careful when I tell quote unquote my story, because I think people feel like their story has to have this awesome, happy ending or this immediate gratification moment. I think my story has a bow on it, (laughs) but like, I don't want that bow to look so shiny that it almost makes anybody jealous. The thing's so interesting though, Blessing, you say that yours has a bow on it, but yet you didn't get your sight back. There'd be plenty of people who'd say you you don't have a bow in that sense because that's what they would be kind of holding out for. I would say to those people that like the bow is that God's will ultimately was done. When you embrace that understanding, then from that flows joy. That's why I love your story. And it's so inspirational and encouraging because it's like, nope, if I stay in there and I keep trusting God, even in the midst of something that didn't work out quite the way that I wanted it to, he's got a good for me in it if I'll just hold on to him. It's like in Hebrews, right? When they do the, and by faith, so-and-so, and by faith. And that small synopsis, by faith, Abraham, it like glorifies that story, right? But if you go back and read the story, it was a really messy story. When you synopsize the Abraham story, you go, and by faith, Abraham went into the land of Cana. You go, that's such a cool guy. Like he just did it. When you read the actual story, like it was messy. I always try to make sure that the reality of everything I've been through doesn't get boiled down to, and by faith, Blessing lost his vision and became a musician and look at him go. You know what I mean? Because (laughs) serving anybody who hears it, who then goes, well, I should be able to do that. How come I'm not? X, Y, Z. Blessing, we've talked a bit about the loss of your eyes. We haven't talked about the gift of your music a whole lot yet. When did that come to the table? The immigrant mentality is not to do music. You know, like when I came to America, my uncle's an attorney. My dad and mom owned, owned businesses back in Nigeria. My brothers are all in these very like concrete, go to school and get the degree and then get paid kind of careers. And then I remember the conversation of me going, hey guys, I think I want to be a songwriter, you know? And, and it didn't go well, <laughs> to be honest. It wasn't, it wasn't met with like rave reviews, but we all love music back home. And when I came to the States, I remember this tiny little like Casio piano I got at my, at my house at the time. And I would plunk out little melodies. And as I had the accident in my right eye that took a lot of that vision, I put all that energy towards the piano. Immediately, it just became apparent that, you know, there was something there. And that was probably like fifth, sixth, seventh grade. And I remember the moment where I was like, I think I want to do this for a living hmm. because I would say no to high school parties. I would say no to so many things just to sit at the piano and play endlessly. My uncle has a law firm in Florida. The strategy was for me to become a lawyer, join that firm, take over the firm at some point. You know what I mean? Like that's the the dynasty move. And I was like, hey guys, I'm going to write songs. (laughs) And that was... (laughs) But here we are and everything's fine. (laughs) Blessing the first time that I got to know you from a distance through The Voice. We'd love to hear a little bit of your experience. The Voice was, I think, one of my first times on national TV. And it was so surreal. 
just to, to be somewhere. And, you know, it's probably one of the first times someone said, Hey, are you blessing off? And I'm like, I think I am. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I feel like, him. <laughs> but like, why do you know who that is? You know what I mean? It was, uh, surreal for lack of a better word and then after the voice i was like you know the day before the voice i was a songwriter and a singer and you know i'm just gonna go back to doing the grunt work the the day-to-day work of perfecting your craft and let that speak for itself you know there's just something in me that was like okay cool this is fun but like we can't be defined by a stint on the voice and uh was having a coffee with a friend of mine and i said you know you can either spend your time you know, being a social media expert, or you can spend your time on music and be good at your craft. And my habit has always been to be good at my craft and let the rest handle itself. And man, I remember after The Voice, I was like, oh my God, I was on The Voice. What do I do now? And I was like, no, blessing. Sit down, be humble, (laughs) go back to the piano because that's where it starts. So blessing, you made the decision to say, you know, I don't want to be known as a Christian artist. I want to be known as an artist. So I I would love to have you unpack that a little bit for us. For whatever reason, we love to categorize things. Christian artists, pop artists. And like, I'm an artist who loves Jesus, right? I love Jesus, whether I'm singing, what a friend we have in Jesus, or I'm singing like a love song. And I always say like, wouldn't we rather as believers put out songs that have redemption, good values in them, in the mainstream world for people to listen to rather than only put out this one type of song and then leave the rest to the world to sing about. You know what I mean? So it's like my personal kind of barriers is if my dad can't listen to it, I can't put it out. But that leaves you so much freedom. My dad loves Motown. (laughs) My dad loves jazz. You know what I mean? And so it's like just the idea that we have to be in this box of worship and Christian and don't sing about anything else. You know, I don't know why, I don't know how we came to that. Like when I write a song, I'm not writing for my Christian audience or my non-Christian audience. I'm just writing for people, you know? And I love the idea that I can take Tin Roof and sing it at a bar and the bar quiets. What shifted this mood? That's really what I love to do is sing songs for everybody and sing songs that can transcend the categories and the boxes we put ourselves in. If I can do that, and if I can sing those types of songs and write them well enough and God willing, sing them in front of the people that need to hear them the most, then is that not a ministry in and of itself? I want to make music that any and everybody can listen to and go, there's something there that I can't put my finger on that I need to hear. So that's my heart. Blessing the song that we're playing quite a bit here on My Rich Radio. I'm sure lots of other places are as well, The Brighter Days. So we'd love to kind of hear the heart behind that song. Like, where'd that come from? And what's the message that you're communicating? That song was kind of a risk because if you say to somebody, hey, I know there's going to be brighter days, it sounds a little cheesy. You know, it sounds a little, like I said earlier, flippant. But if you say to somebody, here's what I've been through, here's the mountain I've climbed, here's how low I've been, and here is what I took from it. And I know there are going to be brighter days. If you say that with enough cachet, personal experience, like knowing, so to speak, then all of a sudden saying to somebody that there are going to be brighter days is a very, very deep personal thing to say to somebody. And I wanted to write a song that did that. And that didn't just say on a surface level, it's going to, everything's going to be fine. You know? So the chorus I love just because it, it does say with so much emphasis that like, 
whatever it is you're going through, it's going to be okay. There is hope. And in the verses, we're not afraid to, to really paint a picture of the darkness people can be in at any given moment. For me, that's the kind of song, again, that I can sing anywhere and anytime. And people, no matter what their faith situation might be, can say, yeah, I've been there. And then you open up a relationship and then you can have conversation and then you can be humans together. Because as far as I know, like Christians are still going through human things. You know what I mean? So if I can say to another human being, it's going to be okay. That means a lot to them. And they would, they then go, okay, well, like, why would you say that? And I can say, well, you know, I don't know where you are, but here's what I've experienced and here's what I believe. And then there's your conversation opener. So really brighter days for me is an honest testament to what I've been through and the, the true answer, which is that it, there is an ultimate goodness. It is going to be okay. It's just a matter of time. So I'm curious, Blessing, uh, it's always interesting to think as we have conversation with artists and think about the songs that they sing and the impact that they have on other people. Is there a song that was pretty pivotal for you that God met you in it, it ministered to you deeply at a, at a critical point in time? I love hymns, fan of just the classics. Like, What a Friend We Have in Jesus is one I played so much as a kid. I would sing How Great Thou Art. And I think what I love about these songs is just that like, those words almost feel like scripture. They're so powerful. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. All our sins. What a privilege to carry everything. That, like, oh, you can just, not to be cliche, but you can chew on the, those lyrics for forever. You know, have you found, have you found a friend so faithful who in all your sorrows share? Jesus knows your every weak mistake. It's never ending. The the wisdom, the truth, the poetry, like on so many levels, those are beautiful lyrics. Hymns are where I just love to live, always. So blessing, as I let you go here, first of all, just thank you so much for the time today. What's next? Uh, like what's on the horizon for a blessing that we can kind of look forward to? Mm, Brighter Days is is kind of doing its radio thing. Um, there's a song on the EP called Believe that I'm very excited about. It's my call to arms, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's a song, it's a it's a worship song and it's just this questioning song. You know, like I said, I'm me and God meet intellectually. So it's my questioning to God, you know, and I'm really excited for people to hear it because I think it's kind of in the spirit of not casual triumphant worship. It's this very humble asking because I think asking is beautiful because I think God welcomes our questions. So I wrote that song and I'm particularly excited for people to hear that. Hopefully a tour soon, more music, more stuff, more people. Thank you guys for loving the music, for caring enough to even be interested in my story or me. I wake up on a daily basis utterly humbled by all of this. So thank you.